Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, look at 2 Peter chapter 3. I'll come over there in just a second. I'm going to preach in about 20 minutes the simplest sermon you ever heard on going to heaven. I'm going to knock all the jazz out of it, all the requirements that you hear in church, all of the junk that's been added to going to heaven to make something so simple, so complicated. I'll do my best. On the cross, Jesus became sin for me that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So I have been legally and judicially given righteousness. So in God's eyes, there's not a day I am not righteous because I'm in Christ. He who knew no sin became sin, so I could do the exchange. And now I'm righteous. Now don't ask my wife. And on a, on a natural level, I'm not always righteous. If I'm on 281, I am rarely righteous. But I'm telling you, legally before God, I'm always righteous. I've been made that way. It's illegal. I didn't earn it, didn't deserve it, didn't do enough for it. It was imputed to me, given to me. So catch that. On the cross, God laid on him, Isaiah 53, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all, everybody. So when God judged Jesus, he was judging you and me in Christ when I accept Jesus. God the Father says, you've already been judged. The wages of sin is death, okay? All right, so that means Jesus, who knew no sin, was sinless, took all of our sin, was crucified and buried dead, shed his blood, and then rose from the dead. Now watch. I didn't pay for one sin. I didn't pay for the removing of any curse over my life. Jesus became a curse for me that I might inherit the blessings of Abraham. So this is something he paid for I could never pay for. I hope you get this is so simple. I didn't do a thing. Ephesians 2 says, for by grace are you saved by your faith in Jesus, not of any works, put charcoal on your forehead, count beads, do your rosaries, do 34, hail Marys, crawl, do your incense. What do you get for that? Nothing. Are you realize how many people are in church today doing nothing? Everything is nothing. Oh, it's a lot of works. But God says, through no work of yours, lest anybody should boast, like, I deserve it. I deserve your your favor, Lord. I deserve eternal life. Look what a good person. All your righteousness are as filthy rags to me. This gets worse. Hang on. Buckle up. I'm trying to show you that when it comes to going to heaven, Jesus paid all my sins, paid my debt, paid it all. I don't owe a dime. Therefore, there is no condemnation to them in Christ. Romans 8. Read the Bible. I'll save you a lot of stress a lot of anxiety, a lot of shame and guilt. There's none if I'm in Christ, okay? Because he's already taken my shame naked on the cross. He's already borne my rejection on the cross. I'm fully accepted in, in the beloved, in the, in the Father's uh, presence through Jesus. I didn't do a thing for that. Okay, 
Now here's where I pay. On the cross, Jesus paid. My eternal life, he paid. My marriage, I pay. My children, I pay. My finance, I pay. My health, I pay. My relationships, I pay. My re- what I'm trying to show you is that as a believer, God gives us principles in the Bible of how to do marriage, how to do money, how to do health, how to do relationships. He tells us these are principles of how to live as a redeemed person in my kingdom. And he tells us how to do marriage. You don't wait for the mayor or the, the governor or the president or the Senate to make these rules of what you can and cannot do or what is now righteous or moral. No, God's already established it, and I go by that. But that's for my earthly life. So if I treat my wife in an understanding way, uh, God says you'll dwell with her peacefully. Now that doesn't, you can treat your wife peacefully. You can honor your wife, love your wife, be faithful to your wife, and go straight to hell. There are a lot of people with good marriages who aren't Christian because that doesn't get you to heaven. You can be a good steward of your money. You can support every charity in town and go straight to hell. Well, so you don't like that because you want to do something. You want to earn it, but it's not based on what you do. What did the thief on the cross do to go to heaven? He just said, Jesus, would you remember me when you come into kingdom? Would you save me? Jesus said, do you understand the doctrine of justification? Are you a member of a church? Have you been baptized? Have you been through a new member class? Are you in our discipleship program? Do you tithe? He said, said, "I, I don't know anything about it. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, you tell me how hard is that, okay? Now, there are things God asked us to do in obedience to him, but they don't get you to heaven. That's what I want you to see. They're good things. They're right things. They bring blessing, but they don't bring justification. You are justified by the shed blood of Jesus plus nothing, nothing. It is so easy. Okay, you got, so here's my principle. Eternal life is paid for by Jesus period. You can't pay a dime. Everything else, I pay. God says, I will co-labor with you. Now, if you want to treat your wife in an understanding way, I'll give you grace. I'll help you, but I won't do it for you. I'll do it with you. Make sense? Okay. So, so here we go. Second Peter chapter three, beginning in verse eight. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Remember, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, anybody, anywhere, anytime would believe on him, they should not perish, but have eternal life. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So that's written to believers, Jewish believers, who were suffering persecution because they had left Judaism to accept Jesus. And Jesus wasn't delivering them. They were being tortured. They were being fed to lions. Things were really bad. 
And the reason that Jesus hasn't intervened and come back, the reason we don't see judgment day, the reason the wicked prosper on earth, the reason for more and more anti-Christian activity in our world, the Lord is being patient, not willing that any should perish. Get the idea, God doesn't want you to go to hell. God wants you redeemed. God wants you with him. That's his ultimate plan. And his, his coming and the day of judgment is delayed and delayed, and people keep trying to set dates. But you will never be able to make it right, setting your dates. It's never right. The reason for the delay, you ought to be glad, is God is not willing any should perish. But all should come to repentance. People who laugh at Christianity won't be laughing when the Lord returns. Peter says, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. God says, everything on this earth will be burnt up. Your home, your nice apartment, your wardrobe, your car, your bank account, everything's toast. So Americans are not comfortable with that coming day of judgment. They don't want the Lord to return. Why, Rick? Well, they're getting their new iPhone two weeks from now. <laughs> Next month, they've got their trip to Hawaii already planned, paid for. So people are so gripped by stuff, we forget the promise of God. Now, Jesus speaks about the future in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, beginning in verse 36 and 37. Jesus is talking about the final days when time on earth ends and eternity begins. Remember, you're only getting not more than about 100 years on this earth pretty quick. It goes by really fast. But there will never be a day you aren't. Because when you die and your fleshly body dies, your soul is eternal. And you'll either be separated from God forever or you'll be with the Lord forever. And it's based on your choice today in this life, now. It's too late once you see eternity. It's too late to make the most important decision of your life. Jesus said his return will be like it was in the days of Noah. Only unlike Noah and a flood, it's going to be fire. So he says in Matthew 24, verse 38, For in the days before the flood came, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, going to the Spurs game, up to the day Noah entered the ark. All he's saying is life was just like it was now. You got a party plan. You got a meeting schedule. You got something for the kids. One of them's got a soccer game coming up. There's a championship to watch on the NBA. People are getting together. Some folks are getting married. I've got to marry a couple in two weeks. So we've got those plans all made. Just life, just doing life like nothing would ever happen. And Noah's telling them something is going to happen. God's going to judge the whole world, okay? And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So people wrapped up in living had no clue until they were swept away like in Noah's day. Now Noah built an ark, and in that ark, capture this now, that's where I want to go, in that ark was the only safety from judgment. God looked at the earth. He said it was corrupt and violent. And God says, okay, that's enough. My spirit will not always strive with man. This will be the end. There will be judgment. 
And the only way to be saved and spared from judgment, counting your rosary beads ain't going to help you. You had to get in the ark. Is this too difficult? Get in the ark, right? Yeah, but I voted Republican. I voted Democrat. Get your ugly self in the ark. <laughs> this is not complicated, okay? Well, how much does it cost? Nothing. The ride's free. Just get in. Just get in. Don't complicate this. Now, that ark of Genesis is representative of Jesus who's talking. See, Christ is our ark of safety from judgment. If you're in Christ, you're safe from judgment, no matter what happens to this world. Romans 8 says there's no condemnation to those in Christ. Can't touch me. Death couldn't touch destruction and judgment couldn't touch the, uh, the, the huts and homes of Israelis who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their home. The death angel saw, well, death had occurred, judgment had occurred, therefore it's already been judged. So anybody in there is safe, there won't be any death. So I'll never be judged today in my life. Now my wife may do that a couple of times, but God will never judge me, ever. Why? I've already been judged in Christ. Yeah, but Rick, you don't know what I did last week. I know it's already been judged in Christ. So quit sucking your thumb, feeling guilt and shame. You know, you confess your sins and, clean, and you're cleansed of all unrighteousness. What, this is the easiest thing in the world, which is why everybody but Christians flock to it. Why did all the bad people flock to good news? Because it was good news. Like, I can't believe that. Well, that's just crazy. They're giving away free gas. They're giving away free dresses at, at Saks Fifth Avenue. I don't believe it. Yeah, if you go down there, you can get one. Lex is giving them to free, everybody who comes today. Well, I'm, I'm trying to exaggerate for effect to show you no matter what judgment comes on this earth, if I'm in Christ, I have total security. I have eternal security as long as I'm in Christ. But you have to be in Christ. You have to be in the ark if you were in Noah's day, correct? This open book quiz, you had, I don't read about anybody outside of that ark being delivered from judgment, not one, just Noah and his family, eight. Noah built that ark over 120 years. Biggest ship ever built. In fact, it's the only ship ever built because there was no water in a lake or an ocean, not in that day. And it was built on dry ground. Can you imagine the press and other people trying to say, this guy has lost his mind? Who builds a ship on dry land? And what are you going to float it on when there's no water? But that was a test for Noah. Hebrews 11 says, by faith, Noah built an ark. He didn't understand it either. He thought it was Looney Tunes too. Nobody had ever seen rain. God watered the earth as, from the ground up like a dew. Read, read Genesis. So they didn't. They couldn't conceive of the fact. Judgment? Flood? Rain? An ark? What is this? So Noah built an ark by faith since he was warned by God of something that made everybody laugh. Nobody believed it but Noah and his family. And I'm sure they didn't totally understand it. 
Jesus said they were all having parties, making a living, planning to do this, planning to do that, getting married, and they had no idea it's coming. Just like Jesus said, it will come like a thief. Anybody in here but me ever been robbed? Our home 10 years ago was ransacked and robbed, and all the valuables we had were were taken. Now, I learned this. I thought it was amazing. A thief doesn't send you an email that he's coming. He doesn't let me know he's coming to rob me. No, it's quick and it's sudden. And they were all swept away, all the rich people. Nobody had enough money to get themselves out of that judgment. In every culture, there are rich people, poor people, and sometimes middle class. But money will be worthless when Christ returns. All the rich billionaires will be gone in a second. Noah had been warning them for 120 years. He was a preacher of righteousness. Noah told them God was bringing judgment on the earth. Get in the ark. Oh, come on, Noah. You're just trying to make money. No, it's free. Just get in the ark. It's a gift. Take it. You know, if you have to pay for something, it isn't a gift. It's a purchase. Even if, even if I said, I'm going to give you a new Lexus, give me $50, you'd jump at it, but it would be a purchase. It's only a gift when it's paid for by somebody else and offered, and third, received. And I've told you a hundred times, I had somebody 10 years ago do that with a car with me. It was already paid for. It was already signed The title was clear. All I had to do was go down to the dealer and sign my name or take it. I didn't say, oh, I can't receive it. Oh, I don't deserve that. Oh, I can't afford to pay you, but I just can't take it. That's the way a lot of people talk about God. No. You know what I said? Yes, sir. Where? (laughs) Sign right there and drove off the lot. I accepted it. And that's all Jesus is asking people to do. So he says, get in the ark because the world's going to be divided by those inside the ark and those outside. It's not going to be divided politically by Democrat, Republican. It's not going to be divided by black or white, African, Caucasian, Latino, or, or whatever. It's just you either in the ark or you outside the ark. If you're in the ark, you're safe as can be. Outside the ark, not a chance. And by the way, poor people got swept away in the flood too. Poor people are not saved because they're poor. Poverty is not a virtue. It won't keep you from judgment. You've got to get in the ark. You don't need money to get in the ark. Just get in. Get in Christ today. Put your faith in Christ. I'm not putting my faith in the president or the governor or the mayor or a bank. I'm putting it in Jesus That's my whole hope. My faith is in Jesus. He's my Savior, my Lord, my buckler, my shield, the lifter of my head, my rear guard, my fortress, my rock, my high tower. If you believe Noah, you got in the ark. If you didn't believe, you laughed at the ark and you got swept away. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden. All the politicians, all the famous people of the earth in that day, got swept away. 
in every generation of time, there are famous people, there are rulers, there are dictators, there are celebrities, there are kings, there are military leaders, and they're all swept away in an instant. Now, it's sad to be enthralled and to study the lives of people who are going to be swept away. Be like David who said, I will set my eyes on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. That's in Psalm 16, verse 8. Oscar winners, Grammy Award winners, gone in a second. If they refuse to get in the ark. The intellectuals who mock God, gone in seconds. And Noah kept building and begging. Please, please get in the ark. This is not a joke. It's now or never. Get in the ark. Get into Jesus. And many religious people were also swept away. They had their own view of God and eternity, how to be approved by God, hundreds and hundreds of religions. Everybody worshiped a stick, a branch, a bird, an alligator, a sun god. They had tons of them. We do today. But Noah said, there's only the ark. The people said, you mean if we don't agree with you, Noah, and the ark, we're going to perish? Yep. Yep. Even today, if you say Jesus is the only way, people will say you're narrow-minded. Why, there are many ways to God. Oh, really? It's offensive to say Jesus is the only way. But Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I don't see Mary's name in there. I don't see St. Peter or Paul in there. I don't see anybody's name in there except Jesus. He had rich religious people. Nicodemus was a religious ruler, a religious teacher, a Pharisee. And Jesus walked up and said, hey, Nick, you must be born again or you'll never see the kingdom of God. See, being religious doesn't do anything for you. And people say, well, I'm not a low-life Rick. I've never murdered anybody, never been drunk, never been immoral. I'm not some degenerate. I'm not getting in that ark. See, you could be religious and never get in the ark. You could be a deacon or a priest, never be born again, never get in the ark. Some of the people who helped build the ark never got in it. Lots of people helped build that ark. They heard Noah pray. They heard him preaching and pleading with people, please come into the ark. Can you imagine building the ark and never getting in? And they never knew what hit them. So no, listen to this. No matter who got in the ark, they were safe. No matter what defect they had, and they had them, they were safe. But they were safe for only one reason, because they got in the ark. Why do you, why have we done to say, well, if you voted this way and if you don't believe this and if you're doing that, get in the ark. Get in the ark. Remember, all those rules and principles and regulations from the Bible were for living on earth, not to get you to heaven. So, you know what saves you and me? Just Jesus. Flaws and all. Anybody but me still got a few flaws? Hello. But I'll tell you what, I'm in the ark. I got in Jesus. There will never be condemnation for me. But can you imagine the screaming and banging on the doors of that ark as the flood rose? But it's too late. See, there's only two kinds of people here today at Summit, not black or white or, or Hispanic. No, no, 
It's those in the ark and those who are not in the ark. As simple as that. You're saved or you're lost. You're in Jesus or you're not. Hey, growing up as a Catholic or a Baptist doesn't make you anything. Being born and a member of a church since you were a baby doesn't save you. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Simple. Nobody will mock you when Christ comes. The more the rain came, the higher the ark lifted above the flood. But the flood was destroying those that rejected the ark. But that same flood was lifting those in the ark higher and higher. Did people in the ark have weaknesses? Well, yeah, of course they did. When Noah came out, he got drunk. How's that for a flaw? But because he was in the ark, he didn't perish when judgment came. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Scripture says, everybody. But Jesus is our ark. He saves us not because of our works or our moral behavior, but because of his great mercy, his great mercy and his patience, a long-suffering, not willing that you or me or anybody should perish. So while the prognosticators are always trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back, here's why he hasn't come back. He says, I don't want anybody to perish. I want all the people in the ark. I want flaws and all. I want you in the ark. I don't know what it costs Noah to buy lumber and pay all the workers it took to build that giant ship. But it saved everybody who got in it. The cost must have been tremendous. Hey, it cost God, his only son, to provide us an ark. It was the shedding of his blood on the cross that could save my miserable soul from judgment and yours as well. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is no name above that name. Denominations, religious works, ceremonies, all kinds of fancy dress, crosses up and down, spreading water, smoke, whatever. I've been to all of them. And I thought, what a waste of time. I'm as saved today as I'll ever be in my life. I'm as righteous today as I'll ever be in my life. Now, with the help of God's grace, I can learn to be a better husband. I can learn to manage and steward my money, as God said, learn how to honor him, how to be generous with the poor. I can get along in relationships. He that has many friends must show himself friendly. These are principles for doing God's will on earth and enjoy some of his peace and blessing. But not one of those works gets me to heaven. Only one person had no sin. Only one person died on the cross. And only one person said, you can't come to the Father unless you come by me. But if you'll get in that ark, you will never be judged. Judgment will never come on your life. You will have eternal life with me. And it won't be based on anything you did. And there'll probably be some people in heaven you don't like. And probably be some people not there you thought would be. Get in the ark. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.